as usual in the first few moments of the sitting, taking the time to find your way to connecting with the body. Sensing the sensations at the perimeter of the body or those that are sensed from deep within the body. Having a sense of just sitting. Relaxing the mind by letting go of any kind of agenda you might have for yourself. Remembering that what we're doing in this sitting is just to be mindful of our moment-to-moment experience. This is our intention, to be as clear as possible with whatever's happening in the moment. And then for those of you who start with a primary anchor, connecting and sustaining with that anchor, sustaining attention with the breath or with the body, with hearing, whatever it is. And those of you who begin with a more open attention, noticing whatever the predominant object is, And today, begin to notice more keenly what the attitude of the mind is in relationship to whatever is happening. For example, sometimes we can be so focused on a pain in the body or intense sensations in the body. And that's fine, just knowing those sensations moment to moment. But the attention is so rigidly on the experience of the body that we don't know and don't sense the attitude of mind in relationship to that pain. There might be resistance or aversion or a feeling of impatience. There also might be a sense of okayness with it all. It's helpful to notice whatever the mental state is that's happening that may be fueling your practice, but not seeing it. Once in a while, it helps to ask yourself very quickly, what else is going on? What is the mental attitude in relationship to whatever else is happening? And whatever mindfulness meets, see if it can be with a balanced attitude of mind, with balanced effort, 
not trying too hard, not striving to accomplish something or to experience or achieve some state in your practice. But not too casual either, so that things aren't noticed very clearly. But see if there can be just this gentle, clear, moment-to-moment, persevering effort. You might say that this kind of gentle, yet clear, moment-to-moment effort has equanimity that's fueling the practice. Sometimes with whatever we meet, whether it's pain in the body or some kind of heartache, it's possible to just incline the mind towards more balance. There is a capacity of the mind once it's noticed that there's been too much efforting or it's too casual to just come to a place by intention, just by inclining the mind to equanimity. If we're leaning into experience, then there's a possibility for the mind to back off a little bit, to just rest in the awareness of whatever the experience is. If we're being too casual, about the experience or about our moment-to-moment mindfulness. When we check our attitude, it's possible to connect and sustain the attention, sensing whatever is going on more clearly. So this is a time in our practice to begin to refine the effort, the attitude of the mind, to begin to notice more subtle experiences, because you can be more quiet. Do the best you can. Stay present with a kind of balance, being gentle, yet alert, moment to moment.
Any questions about your practice this morning? Yeah, so uh, she's commenting about how her practice went, uh, sort of asking the question of what else is going on here and noticing a sense of opening. I I can't remember the progression, but opening, (laughs) softening, allowing, opening, softening, and feeling that there was some metta that was accompanying your practice and what is the integration of metta and vipassana. When we're doing our moment-to-moment practice like this in Vipassana, it is often the case, it is always the case, that there are other mental attitudes that are supporting our practice or not supporting our practice. And so in this case, what you saw when you saw the underlying, um, what wasn't seen so clearly before until you sort of investigated more, were supportive states of mind that were accompanying your, uh, the vipassana, the mindfulness moment-to-moment practice. First of all, I want to say that it's really important, as you did, to notice the supportive states of mind that are there, the wholesome states of mind that uh, are present. Sometimes we don't give them enough energy they're there, but it's like we, de- we delight in them so much or we lean into them so much that we're really not being mindful of them. We're more like, oh, they're here, oh, getting so exuberant and wow, this is great and now this is going to be great for the rest of the day. And we lose our moment-to-moment mindfulness of it. I was sensing in how you said it that you were quite mindful even as that went along. So allowing, softening, um, opening, all of that are sort of aspects of metta, you can say. Manindra used to say that when mindfulness is there, all the other beautiful qualities of mind are nearby and something that actually we can feel. And so that's what your practice was sensing. Um, they're, they're actually, they all are working together. When mindfulness is there, equanimity is there, uh, metta is nearby also. Um, what Steve talked about the other evening, that straightness of mind, ujjukata, is also there, the ability to really not fool yourself and really see in the moment what's going on. Um, so there are many more. There are 25 or 26 beautiful states of mind 
that can be nearby in different uh, variations and different degrees that are supporting our practice. We don't have to necessarily bring them in, you know, or sometimes like people have said when they've um, remarked to me how the equanimity has automatically kind of woven into their practice. Like, for example, if there's a lot of pain in the body, then very spontaneously going to, okay, this is how it is right now, and just feeling the body relax around it. That those can spon- they can come in quite spontaneously, even a few short words. But basically, you know, we're already sensing that equanimity is nearby, and we're kind of giving it a little more light by saying those words. So um, at this time in the practice, I might add, where you've all worked very hard at, with the continuity and with um, opening, having the courage to open to what's difficult, being stiller in practice, and knowing that, you know, if you're always moving and trying to get away from the unpleasant and trying to go to the pleasant, then you, you start to see that that's obscuring something that wants to be known in your practice. So we tend to be stiller at this time. You know, we're a little past halfway mark, and um, we can feel the stillness in the hall, especially yesterday. But I might add, it's starting to rev up a little bit. I'm going to talk to, about that before we uh, go on to the next thing. But uh, this is a really good time to take advantage of all the continuity you've had in your practice. And it, it would be um, not so beneficial for you to have taken all this time to do this and then to just kind of let it wither away or just blow in the wind a little bit. So really keep the continuity up that you've worked so hard to, uh, to establish here. And um, it, it's really such a beautiful sense in the hall and, and how you're doing your walking practice. Uh huh. Um, I've been working with sleeping, but you can only work with sleeping so much uh, because when you're asleep, you're not very aware. Um, the magic practice yesterday, working up, um, and it's very grateful for that. Yeah. So how to work with the sleepiness? Well, this is where I might be cheating and I don't know. And I don't know that I care. Um, because today, uh, I was prepared to be sleeping through six the whole week if that was what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Today, I started sleeping again. Uh-huh. And so finally, towards the end of the practice, I took this meta. Mm-hmm. So what I'm wondering is how much to use that in my Vipassana practice to help support my staying awake. To help support your staying awake. If you're 
noticing that metta keeps you more alert, then do more metta practice in the times uh, when we're not giving a teaching. You know, like um, not the 8.15 sit or not the 3.30 or the 7.30, but any of the other times, and even in your walking, you can do the metta practice if that tends to make the mind more alert. And the thing about investigating in when you're sleepy, it is true that it, it, it's hard to be mindful when you're already asleep. But and there, there's lots of moments when you can start to feel that the, uh, the practice is going into that sloth and torpor. It's in those moments that we really bring the mindfulness in. Can't do it when we're already asleep, very true. But in those moments when we just feel like, oh, you know, the mind is just sort of weakening, mindfulness is weakening, as Manindra would say to me when I was, would tell him this, he says, the mind is very feeble, you know. <laughs> and so uh, you can feel that feebleness of mind. So right there is when to be mindful. We think that when we're getting sleepy, even as we're getting sleepy, we can't be we're not supposed to be mindful then, or, you know, just kind of let it go into sleep. But if you practice being mindful with all of the hindrances, including that, and including restlessness too, those are the two ones that we tend to think, oh, we'll just go with the movement, or we'll just go with the sleepiness. But it's not really true. It's, it's to do that is, is really kind of giving up in that moment and leaning into either the sleepiness or the restlessness. Um, Those are the two that we often are plagued with. Uh, So uh, when you feel like a a lightness happening in your sleepiness or a heaviness, those two we can start feeling at the very beginning. Just be mindful right there and start noting. Noting to have to put a note to something or to label something um, brightens the mind. It brings energy to the mind. Upandita would tell us, especially with sleepiness and with restlessness, uh, note all the time. Unless, of course, you have aversion to that. Sometimes people say, I can't note. You have to watch the aversion there, too, about noting. I'm just saying some things that for, for everybody. So there's lightness, there's heaviness, or sometimes you can feel the body moving like this. So just know that movement and then straighten up again. Um, notice you're kind of leaning into the pleasantness. If it, is it pleasant? You know, is going into sleepiness pleasant? Note that. Maybe it's unpleasant. Maybe it's like, oh, I, I don't want to, you know, uh, this feels like I don't want to go into sleepiness and it you feel that unpleasantness before it goes into aversion. So notice all of that. There's a lot of subtlety to notice with both sleepiness and restlessness that we, we actually have the capability of noticing if you, if you go for it, if you really try to be mindful there. So I wouldn't work just with metta. I would work also with the, with the sleepiness. Yes.
Yeah. Well, tell the person beside you to stop talking. <laughs> That's where Steve says it's coming from. Um, sometimes I, I think of that like, you know, people around me, I'm picking it up or whatever. Um, but what you could do, what I do, is I notice commenting. And, and that's, that's what's happening at that moment. It's commenting. It's actually might be giving you some good messages, you know, but commenting. And then, um, then what, what else is happening there? So notice the attitude of the mind in relationship to that commenting. Because oftentimes that's what keeps fueling the practice and we don't even know it. You know, that attitude that's in relationship to the commenting. I'm just going to lay out a few things here and maybe something fits, maybe it doesn't, but, and maybe it'll be springboarding for you to find out what else does. But sometimes when I'm, when I'm doing this, a kind of talking to myself, I notice that there's some kind of anxiety underneath that I got to do it right, or I'm not catching everything, or I got it, this has to be really clear. So there could be some kind of anxiety or fear underneath. Uh, going on. It could be very, very subtle, but if you, right even then, if you could ask the question, which is not a whole big sentence that's like a rock in the pond of your stillness, but just a little inclining of the mind of what else is going on here, then you might see what else is fueling that kind of experience. Yeah. And then start to begin to practice to note with just one word. That would help. Yeah. And one last one here. When I was meditating today, I felt um, pulse in my body. Pulse in your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that the heart center that you were talking about yesterday? You're trying to find the heart center. The pulsing in your body, right. It could, it, is it coming from there? I mean, we, there's pulsing all over the body, actually. Um, so your question is, is at the heart center? I don't know, because I don't know what your heart center would be. I would call the heart center the place where, when we're feeling a lot of metta, where does it come from? I, I want to tell you one thing, though. Some, one person said that she feels when she's offering metta that it's in her hands. Yeah, so yeah, I, I direct you to around this place, around the physical heart, but um, it actually could be somewhere else. But I want to address what you said about pulsing, because oftentimes we feel those um, very subtle experiences. It could be very light pulsing in the body. It could be pulsing where we think that the body's moving, but actually when we open the eyes, it's not moving at all, because it can feel so strong. This pulsing is like is the air element. It's um, the air element manifesting. So it could be, you know, an actual feeling of it this way or all over the body. Um, We shouldn't get fascinated about this if we get fascinated. This is how people get fascinated when they're having PT or rapture. All, you know, all the stuff, the energetic stuff happening in the body. I'm saying this for everyone. Um, 
the energetic stuff happening in the body, which happens during moments when there's this kind of piti, joyful interest, rapture, etc. Um, the danger here is that we get fascinated by it. And this happens during the time of this practice when we, there's a momentum in practice and we feel the energetic quality of the body in very subtle ways. Um, this is one of the dangers where we can get attached to it and we think that it's moving our body, but actually we're leaning into it sometimes. So be very careful. This is, people get stuck in this place for years because they think that this is great, this is wonderful, this means that I'm doing really, really good. But actually, because we get stuck here, we don't progress on to the calmness that really is deeper and equanimity and concentration because we're subtly attached to this place. And we, we, we don't even want to see the attachment. If you point it out to someone, you know, there is so much attachment that they get upset when you say something about attachment. So that's a sign, you know, if you get averse to the message, then that's a sign that there's a lot of attachment. So just be really, really careful here. Aversion is also a sign of attachment to something. So when somebody points it out to you, it's just for your own good that you, if you can open to it, you can go further in your practice. But if you don't open to it, literally, Steve and I were talking about this this morning, we see people go through it for years and they think they're really doing good, but they're really just stuck in some place. So really be careful about this and be happy that we can just be straightforward about it. Because I see when people are just kind of beating around the bush, you don't make any progress. And luckily for all three of us, we had teachers that would never beat around the bush, you know. <laughs> There's no time. There's no, it's not beneficial. If we had people in the hall that if you were moving too much, they would see you and they would say, you're moving too much. What, it, what is your restlessness covering up? So take a look at that. So anyway, with regard to uh, general activities, uh, it's getting, you know, we've been really quiet and we're just feeling a little revving up here, um, especially when we're in the general areas like in, our, in the dorms or in, in places where you think that you can let go of your mindfulness. Keep your continuity there too even in the rooms, as you open the door and as you close the doors. Um, a lot of times we get really mindful when we're opening the doors, but then we just kind of let go at that moment and the doors slam behind us. So the whole time mindful, opening the doors and closing the doors as well. This will really help you in your continuity of your practice. So keep it up. You, you've done a lot of work to get this far, and don't let it go now. There's, there's deeper to go, and uh, you'll be really happy that you did that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com dot org slash donate